ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Monday edition of Hard to Paint, and I am glad to welcome for the first time my colleague over at Pelican Scoop for Sports Illustrated, the one and only Terry Kimball. Man, Terry, welcome to the show. Glad to have you, brother. Thank you for having me, David. It's appreciated joining me, man. Um, it's media day when this airs, um, and a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, because it was a little about a couple, maybe a week before this one. But media day was much different for the Pelicans because that's when we found out that Zion Williamson wasn't going to be playing. And the whole yeah. Zion controversy, the year of the controversy began in earnest that day. It is a much different vibe going into things tomorrow. Um, I think the biggest thing is, Man, if you walk out of tomorrow and there's no surprises, I'm good. Are you anticipating anything other than just a nice, amiable, happy media day? I sure hope not, because uh, any surprises would not be not be good for the um, the, the the heartbeat of the team and um, of how the fan base are feeling. And I'm I'm thinking just looking from a fan perspective, this is probably the most enthusiasm I've seen surrounding this team since I don't know, Dave. I'm thinking maybe 2018. Uh, the year after Boogie had came through the trade, um, just just pure anticipation and expectation of what they think that this team can do. I know Zion's first year was filled with a bunch of excitement and fervor, but as far as expectation of the team, I think this is at the highest pitch has been since then. So any surprises, uh, something of that nature, saying that, hey, somebody's out, somebody hurt themselves, or it's going to be a prolonged season for somebody, I don't think the fan base is ready for that. So I'm hoping everything goes smoothly on media day. This was as quiet an offseason as I can remember. And like I'm going into this is this is about 10 years now officially for me covering the Pelicans. And as far as I can remember, this is you know quiet as as it has been. And I, I think that that tells you a lot for an organization where stability has not been a word that you've been able to use. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so how they say sometimes no news is good news. I think we can kind of apply that to here. So, you know, only news you've seen is, you know, Zion finally getting his rookie extension or, you know, C.J. McCollum just signing his extension as well. Things like that can try to get that continuity and stability to, like you said, a franchise who hasn't historically had that in the past. It's nothing but excitement for the fans to try to see this core stick together, grow up together and potentially win in the future. Let's talk about the C.J. McCollum extension. I like it because... A, you've already you knew you had CJ for this year and next year. The two years to me is is good timing and good cost because again, because of the way his the rights are set up, you unless you traded him, you're not going to get value for that contract. So what you're getting is access to the back end of CJ's prime. You are getting that time while you hopefully are getting the peak of Brandon Ingram's career and Zion's early peak. All those things yeah. should be coinciding. You're getting the back peak for CJ, a guy who's a border has been a borderline all-star type performer, Brandon Ingram, who you feel that you've finally started to tap into what his ceiling can be, and a Zion Williamson who may be the most gifted interior scorer we've seen in quite some time. You know, at least of his era. Um, I think that that CJ deal is perfect in that regard. The Pelicans are not tied into a number that's long um, and. and prohibits them from making a move if something were to not work. But you also have, you've decided what your core is. And I think that in any NBA situation, any team that's going to contend, you've got to bank on three, two or three players and say, whatever we do is about making this, this trio successful. And I think the Pelicans have made that commitment now with those three guys essentially maxed um, to, to, you know, these, this is the core and we're going to build and support them. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think in today's NBA, when you have a core, you kind of only have to bank on maybe 
three, maybe four years at the max of core key guys being together with how free agency works and, you know, how players, you know, end up having different perspectives and different viewpoints on what they want to do. They may not prioritize winning. They may prioritize money at some point. So knowing that you have this core together for three years at least is kind of what you want so you can, the team can prove to them that, hey, we can build a a winner around you. We can build a culture of winning around you, a place where you want to be and can have that consistency long term. And I think for a player like CJ, that's important. And it also helps the Pelicans as well because, you know, he just turned 31, but he's not a player that necessarily relies on athleticism. So, you know, having him, you know, under contract the next four years, him being 35 by the time he's off the contract, he could still play like he is at 35 as he is at 31. So you're not really getting diminishing returns, in my opinion, as well. When people look at the contract, oh, I can't believe they gave him that extension with that amount of money. Well, CJ should still be that player at that point. And being that, you know, He's got some skins on the wall. You know, he's been a playoffs in the last eight years, so he can kind of lead and show these young guys, you know, how to win, how to perform, and how to be a professional. I think that's just going to be great for the entire organization. Like I said, having those three core guys together for at least three years to see what they can do is going to be pivotal moving forward. Because I don't, I, you know, people think that development now, um, you can keep doing that. It's no. not a league that's built for development. It's no. a league not, where no. typically you are banking on, you have to get those, if you are a developmental team, which people tend to look at the Pelicans and, and, and look around the league, show me that team where they've done that, they won a t- championship. Show me that no, team. Because, uh, again, I, I, I use the Bucks as the example. You want they, People want to make them the ultimate small market example. Okay, well, let's do that. The only two people remaining from Giannis's rookie year are Giannis and Chris Middleton. That's it. Middleton, yeah. yeah. They're the only yeah. two. So I yeah. tell people all the time, the Pelicans that you love today will not be the Pelicans that win the championship. Some of them will be here. Uh-huh. Many more of them will not. And, and I think that yeah. the Pelicans are in an enviable, enviable situation because of two guys in particular. And I want to get your thoughts on this. The guys that I'm most excited about this year on this team, as exciting it is to get Zion's return, exciting as it is to see what level B.I. can go to, I think you have real star potential in Herb Jones and uh-huh. Trey Murphy. I think those two guys – have the ability to be dynamic players in this league uh-huh. and not uh-huh. just good supporting players. I'm those are the two on this roster that I'm most excited to see. Call me crazy, Dave, but I think that Herb Jones can be like Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just how I see him, just his tenacity toward defense, his you know, dedication toward that, but he can also handle the ball. Um, at times, he's shown the propensity to be able to hit the three-point shots, um, and he can drive and finish at, at the goal. So, I mean, I think his ceiling may be a Scottie Pippen type, and, and Trey Murphy, I mean, when is he going to ever stop growing? I mean, <laughs> that guy, every time he turns around, he, he's growing another inch or two. Um, but I can see him being a guy who, you know, can finish games at the four, um, being a stretch four, being able to stretch the defense. And we saw in summer league, he's putting the ball on the ground now. So it may be scary hours for defenses once he comes around can be able to consistently put the ball on the floor, get to the hole. You already know what he can do as far as catching and shooting, um, even hitting big threes in huge clutch situations for the Pelicans down the stretch last season. So I, I, I think those two guys are going to be pivotal moving forward. And I just see their ceilings being so high um, and, and them reaching that really being for the success of the team uh, moving forward. I just, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think, Herb definitely has that um, Scottie Pippen, like Ron Artest type ability to be a yes. dominant two-way player and, and be a physically imposing two-way player. Not just a guy who's good at defending, but a guy who, who you know, those rebounds, those block shots, those things mm-hmm. that Herb provides besides just being able to shut his man down. And he does, like you said, create um, open uh, court opportunities because he can get steals. He can do them Mm -hmm. on ball and get them in by cutting through passing lanes. We've seen him handle the ball in transition. That play that he did in the playoffs where he goes behind his back and finishes with the dunk, you know, that showed you the type of athleticism that he has. And there's no question in my mind that his work ethic is such that every year he's trying every minute. Herb is trying to get better. And with Trey, when I look at him, like you said, that stretch four, and, and the ability to guard the three, four, and maybe small uh-huh. fives at times. Um, uh-huh. And you're like, you, again, we've seen him on the offensive glass punish people and, uh-huh. you know, get putbacks around the rim and finish there. We've seen him close possessions. We saw him defensively in the playoffs, play multiple positions. And even when he wasn't shooting the ball, impact the game in a positive yes. way. And I think Trey also has 
that bit of arrogance that you want out of guys who score the basketball that firmly believe that if you put the ball in his hands, he's going to put it in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And I think that's actually something and not to get ahead of myself. If we start doing like a season look ahead. That's something that the, the Pelicans kind of solely lack. Who's that guy? I think B.I. is a guy like that. I think Trey's a guy like that who just has utter disdain for somebody in front of them. Just to say, why are you trying to guard me? Why are you in front of me? Why are you trying to score on me? I think Trey and B.I. kind of fit that bill. And being that Trey's so young and kind of already has that in him, I think the sky is just the limit for him moving forward once he develops other skills. And like you say, he, he's, he's the type of person who can, you know, affect the game in other ways. He doesn't always have to score. He can rebound. He can defend, um, you know, pick and pop he can do a lot of things other than just staying here take the ball and go give me a bucket so being that he's so young and already has that I think just moving forward in the future man it's, it's, it's going to be scary for a lot of defense and a lot of other teams out there you know and the Pelicans will have to make some choices at other spots down the road that, that's just the nature of the NBA but you get they do have some great values on this roster when you think about guys like Billy Hernan Gomez who's a mm-hmm. fantastic value a guy that you don't have to play him for a week but when you ask Billy to play, he's ready. And he does he's what ready. he does well. You know what he doesn't do well? I know what he, I know he is not fleet of foot. I know he's not going to block 10 shots for me in the game. But he's going to attack the glass. He's going to be able – when I throw it to him around the rim, he's going to finish it. He's not – you know, he's not going to make mistakes with the basketball, turn it over. And then you have a guy like Najee who you're barely paying a million and a half, million six – who, again, you can play at the three, you can play at the two, you can play at the four, however you want to deal, and he's just going to hustle. You don't have to run a play for him, and he's he's really solid that. Jose, the same type. They're, you mm-hmm. don't have to do things for them to, to create impact. Larry Nance, the same type. Those mm-hmm. guys, I think, are so important to this team when you, when you look at the bench, um, and I think that's something the Pelicans, even going into last year, it was a question mark because we had no idea yeah. what the rookies would bring. But yeah. now you know energy-wise – exactly what you have in these young guys along with a veteran like Nance along with the veteran you know um like like Billy I think it's it's the Pelicans are in a good position and we talked about this they have a lot of depth at certain positions a lot of flexibility um I think they'll have to wean it down but it's yes. that's a that's a good problem to have yes no doubt and one of my biggest thing coming in was seeing how coach Green was going to kind of kind of use those rotations and see what fits and what chemistry is going to work on the court. Cause we got a lot of guys, which means you've got a lot of guys. So you're going to have people who you know may think that, Hey, I should be on the court now, or, you know, I feel like I should have been the man or those used to be my minutes. So it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of finagles and, and kind of uses those rotations to see who can play well together at certain spots. Some people aren't good fits together. Like I'll go ahead and say, I don't think a uh, uh, Jackson Hayes should be on the floor with a Zion Williamson at the same time. Ever. I mean, that, ever. That, yeah. Yeah, that, that's just me saying that, which is what kind of goes to kind of, you know, uh, depth that the Pelicans have coming up the bench in the front court. That's why I think a Trey Murphy may be important to play the four down the stretch, because after after Valanciunas comes out, you don't really have a guy that you can say that I can plug in right there is going to give me the same similar type production. You've got a, a Hernan Gomez, like you said, is an energy guy who kind of knows his role. He's professional. you got a Jax, just depends on how he feels that day, whether or not he wants to give effort or not, whether or not he says that, hey, if I can get the first two lines, I'm going to be engaged, but if the ball doesn't come my way, I'm going to act like I'm just, I don't really want to be out here. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how Coach Green kind of manages that throughout the season. And I think you may have a uh, certain looks I, I, early in the season. You may have a guy like, you know, Alvarado may not play as much. Devontae may get in, but then Devontae may come on. Alvarado may play more. It just kind of depends on how, you know, Coach Green feels the flow of the game is going and kind of the post that he has on his team. So that's one of the things that I'm most interested in seeing how he manages just the rotations to start the season and throughout. Yeah, because we know eventually it's got to get down to eight or nine guys. Yes, yes. We can name the first five to seven very easily. Yes. The question becomes who becomes those consistent number eight and nine. Right. Um, yeah. Because and and and, the, and to me, you also cannot spend this year experimenting a lot. You uh-huh. have to win this uh-huh. season. You have to win you cannot be scrambling to get 10 or nine in the west that's unacceptable that's unacceptable you have to be walking into the door of the playoffs and feeling comfortable about your position i just it, it this is not the year barring injury 
to be going into 23, 24 different lineups um, for this team. There has to be some consistency with this rotation mm-hmm. uh, this season. Yeah, this should not be a fighting for the playing team. There's no way, shape, or form. To me, this should be a comfortable six seed, potentially maybe fighting for the fifth seed because you kind of know who your usual suspects are going to be at the top. And I think just as presently constructed, now I don't think the Pelicans are better than certain teams. Definitely not better than the Warriors. Um, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George coming back, they're not going to be better than the Clippers. I got the Nuggets better than them. Um, I think the Suns are going to be back again, even though they may take a step back as far as wins go, but I mean, they're the number one overall team. Uh, yeah, you dropped from 60 to right 50 wins. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, And I got the Grizzlies right there too. So I've got and Minnesota's better. That, and, and Minnesota's going to be better with Gobert coming over there. So Dallas. I, I've got the Pelicans that, that Luca, I mean, Luca, <laughs> if Luca played us every game, he'd probably, he'd probably he'd score 100 in one of those games. He'll, 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 I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. He'll have a will game. He'll score 100 on us. We play this every single game. It'll just happen eventually. Um, So I, I got them right there. But like you said, they, they can't be that eight, nine, tenth team scrudgling and fighting and trying to get uh, to the plane. They, they've got to comfortably be barring injury now, being a sixth, maybe into a, a fifth seed in the West, um, and just kind of like starting that consistency and starting that culture of winning, like we talked about. Um, to me, the biggest questions. Let's let's go through this. I did this five part series for Pelican Scoop on the mm-hmm. five elements of an NBA champion, the things that statistically okay. um, show up and. The first one was defense. Um, it's the most uh-huh. important thing. It's the most consistent thing. Great defensive teams. It, it, that's what it takes to win a championship. The Pelicans were 20th defensively in the NBA last year. Um, and you know how bad they were at times. I still look at this roster and defensively, you, the starting lineup, you have Herb as an exceptional defender. And yes. four, three guys who are willing that we know of in BI, mm-hmm. CJ, and Jonas, all willing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonas is limited. Yes. Uh, BI has the most upside, and CJ will try. Yes. yes. We ha- the last we time we saw Zion, he was a guy who was lost defensively. Correct. Yes. So your starting five has is not a great defensive unit. And Mm-hmm. So that question is going to be is it, it plagues me of how much you actually play that starting five together, you know yeah. how many minutes you play them together, and then the second part, when you look at the bench, that's where all your best defenders are. Jose yeah. is your best perimeter defender at the gu- point guard position. Her, yeah. uh, outside of her, Trey, right. you know Larry, those yeah. are the guys that I want defensively on the floor. So how do I figure this out? I think that's the biggest question because this team has to be in the top 15. You know, let's be, I want to make a reasonable jump from where they were last year. I'm not expecting them to be top five, (laughs) but give me top 15 and we got something to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. they they don't really have the players to be a top five in the defensive team right now. Um, But being maybe middle of the pack, like you said, being the 15 um, and still being, you know, potent on offense could get them, you know, kind of kind of up there, or just kind of start the trend uh, towards success. I mean, and just taking a step back, I don't know how you have them overall, but I've got them as like a 43, 44 win team this mm-hmm. year. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I see people on Twitter saying, hey, 55 wins, number one no. in the West. I mean, I, I, based on what are you saying that? I mean, I, I've done a little data coming back and I'm kind of starting a season preview myself. And I've gone back since, you know, 2000. And if you take away the COVID years and that one lockout season in LeBron's first Miami championship, the lowest amount of wins that a championship team has had in a regular season has been 52 wins. That was the 05 Miami Heat, I believe. This team won 36 games this year. Are you predicting this team will be at least plus 16 next year? That's just unrealistic to really think that that type of meteorotic jump is going to happen. You t- you're counting on a, a top three seed in the West. To win the yeah. championship, you must be a top three no seed. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So when you factor in where you need to be defensively, the jump you need to make in season win totals, and I think even your series even pointing out about you know winning at home too, if you put all of those together and, and you try to you know make the gumbo, so to speak, for a success – they aren't there yet. So I tell fans to kind of temper their expectations. This has to be a year that you see the progress, but just don't look for that huge jump to say, hey, we're going to be in the NBA Finals this year. I just caution fans of that heading into the season. 
Yeah, because like, like, let's bring up the home court part of this. You know, as we've seen, champions win 80% of their home games. Mm, yeah. 80%. And the Pelicans yeah. haven't been over 62% more than once in the last decade. Yeah. So, yeah. like, we're asking – see, this is the, the one problem I have with Pelicans fans is this, is that we're we, – and they did this with Nikhil and Jax to an extent. Is that mm-hmm. they expected all these people to, and and David Griffin did this I think to, to his mistake at the beginning of this you expected everybody to make a jump at the same time, right? That's just they, not yeah. plausible. And Correct. for the Pelicans, they have these major jumps. They've got to be a better three point shooting team. I think they mm-hmm. can do that because you're going to eliminate a lot of bad shots and more yeah. good people are taking. More CJ shots is better than more Devontae shots. More Trey shots are better than more Garrett Temple shots. More Herb shots are better than more Josh Hart shots. Yes. So I think the three-point percentage goes up. I think they start making corner threes, which they did not do last year. I yeah. think they start making those above-the-break threes because that's where CJ coming off pick-and-roll is going to feel real comfortable. We saw B.I. Yeah. taking corner threes in the playoffs, which is not yeah. something he had traditionally done. And Zion, I think, again, we, we talk about the Zion effect of him bringing that gravity and creating more open threes for guys to take. So if that's the case, then I feel better about them shooting. So I think shooting improves. I think defense, they take some steps. But this is still a team that has not had a five-game winning streak in four years. This is still a team wow, that yeah. has not won more than 23 home games in several years. This is a team that has not you know, finished above third in, the, in its own division. So we need to see some incremental progress for a group that, again, you could say, well, we're bringing back last year's team, but only two of these dudes have ever played with Zion. Yes. So, I mean, I think this is a very – this I, I, again, my thing is this is the most talented Pelicans team I've ever seen. Yes. Does that mean and, that they will be the best? I don't know yet. Yeah, we, we yeah, that just remains to be seen. And to your point, one of those guys that has played with Zion doesn't really need to be on the floor with him in Jackson Hayes. So you can kind of just take that out and say you got to experiment with the chemistry and see how things work. And and how about the fact that the Pelicans have not gotten off the good starts to start the season? I think in the last 10 years, they've only been after 10 games, their best stretch was five and five one year. Six and little, four. They did do a six and six, four. Okay, one they got time. one time. Okay, one time they got six and four one time. But that just showed you, you know, getting off the good starts, you know, to start the season may lead to pave the way for greater success uh, as the year goes on. So I'm just kind of interested to see, you know, how they start the season, um, what the rotations are going to look like, who gets playing time, and really who finishes games. And that, that that's what's important. Sometimes not who you start. Like I said, you can have your starting five, and they may not play, you know, most of the game together, but who finishes finishes these games who does coach green trust the most to make the right plays offensively and defensively to get to get victories that's what i'm interested in seeing and i want to see this how tough this team is now like mm-hmm. last year i think that that some of these guys started to find their edge you know bi started to find that that winner's edge that i don't give a fuck like i'm i'm here to to to, to take your heart which you yeah. have to have um Somebody, I, th- I think you see that in, in in Trey. I think you see that in in um, Jose. Jose is a dude that's gonna fight, but I mean, he has a limitation. There's a ceiling on a five foot ten inch dude. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His but own physical de- at- yeah, attributes kind of. I want Zion to come back and show me that. No doubt. I want some fight. I want to see some nasty Zion. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily seem like that's his personality to actually be that person. But on a court, he could. He could be somebody totally different. You know, you see nice guys all the time, but they say, oh, hey, on the court, he's a killer. I want to see that with Zion. I want to see the utter disdain and disrespect that they've had for him since he's been off a year. So he's got all these question marks about him. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay in his shape? Um, you know, that one year where, where he had, you know, 27 points and seven rebounds and over 60% of his shooting, that was a farce because he'll never stay happy. I want to see the disdain that he has for the opposition and for the media because he's been disrespected. And if he can internalize that and kind of show that fight and that dog in him, I'm I'm looking forward to see what type of attitude he's going to have to start this season. Because I, I think, you know, I don't have a problem with Zion being the guy who thinks he's not, who doesn't want to be the guy. I don't have a mm-hmm. problem with that. Um, as long as you understand who you are. Because I think mm-hmm. the problem, like just in comparison to an Anthony Davis, who I think wants the trappings of being the guy without being the guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, I think B.I. is fully comfortable. If you if, if if somebody walked up and said, Brandon, this is your team, 
it goes yeah. as far as you're willing to take it. I think yeah. he's fully willing to take that on. Yeah. And I think Zion is just as happy to say, I will stand right next to you, Beyond. I'll push you and drag you in as far as you want to go because he wants to be the best teammate possible. But right. I want to see Zion compete. That's the thing is like every night he should, you should feel as a fan that you got everything out of him. And I think that was the difference with B.I. last year was that watching B.I., you got the feeling that every night he gave you what he had. And I I want that from Zion. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that's in him. I want to say I think that's in him. It's just up to him to just on a nightly basis, as many games as he plays. And I mean, I don't think he's going to play 82 games. I think they may put him on a Joel Embiid type of you know, restrictions for the season. Yeah, 66 games and maybe even a limited skip some back to backs. Yeah, yeah, skip some back to backs. And I'm cool with that, you know, as long as he stays healthy. But when he's on that court, just maximum effort at all times, offensively and defensively. I mean, it's not just about the dunks, the flare, getting to the goal and jamming on somebody. It's what are you doing on the defensive end as well? You know, rebounding is finishing a defensive possession he needs to be a double double guy i mean there should be no reason we should only get six seven rebounds a game he should be a 10 11 game rebounder on a nightly basis just based on pure effort and athleticism simple as that um so just him having that attitude toward that i think that's going to really spurn him on to kind of make the turnaround like i say he doesn't have to be the guy but he can be the best zion he can be and the best zion he can be it's going to be the best for the pelicans if zion you can be an all nba performer you can be an all-star you can be all those things and not be the guy you know what i mean we've seen teams have that we've seen that before and i'm fine with that um it's just I, I do want him to set a physical tone for this team. I want people to know that Zion is on the floor and not just on offense. Like you said, that's that's mm-hmm. the thing, is that people have to know that when they come in the lane, no, he's not going to be the biggest shot blocker in the league. Zion's right. not going to ever average three blocks a game or something like that. But I don't. I want folks to know that I'm willing to take my fouls. I'm yeah. Zion, you know, Zion is willing to put a shoulder into somebody when they drive the paint. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. Because if yeah. that's a way of rim protection, too. For that people oh, that know that you're going to put 260 pounds, you know, right under their chin. Do it. Yeah, and it's going to make them think differently next time about going into the lane. Sometimes that that imposing is not just on offense, but like you said, it's on defense as well. If they know when I come to the lane, there's a price to pay. I'm going to think twice before I do that again. A lot of guys out here making business decisions. And if Zion's in the lane dishing out punishment like that, it's going to be a lot of business decisions made to stay out the pain when he's around. So, yeah, that, that's going to go a long way to, to setting a tone and helping the Pelicans defensively because – there's not a lot of there's not too many rim protectors on the team right now, so it, it's it, it's kind of like the uh, the parallel because you know you've got a, a a Jose like you said a good on ball defender you got a Herb Jones but you've got teams with multiple ball handlers you know three and four guys who can handle the ball and get to the paint. I mean, it's going to be times where guys are going to get beat off the dribble. You've got to set that precedent in the lane to say, hey, this is my lane. You are not coming here with anything easy like that. And I think the mindset that Zion can have toward that could spurn the whole team on to kind of try to have that same type of mindset as well. What lost the Pelicans that Sun series? And we can talk about yeah. injuries or whatever, but ultimately it was how many points they gave up in the paint. Yes. The Suns yes. are not a great three-point shooting team, and they weren't during that no. series. Correct. But what they got were a bunch of layups and dunks. A yep. bunch of layups and dunks. And yep. that was no yep. matter who was on the floor in that front court, except for with the times that Larry Nance was able to put Lance Nance. Yeah, I was gonna say when Nance was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But besides that, it was almost just a free highway to the lane anytime they wanted to. And you give up that in the NBA like that, then more than likely you're gonna lose a whole bunch of ball games like that. So uh we're ho- looking hopefully for them to set that precedent to say no, don't don't come in our lane. <laughs> we we own this right here. I think um, I'm really excited for Willie Green this year because last season he was coming in. He didn't have much time. He didn't Mm -hmm. get to – that was not his draft, you know, though Mm -hmm. it worked out, uh, you know, clearly, and he got a rapport with those guys quickly. But he was just trying to get himself together. Yes. Now he's had this entire offseason. He knows what he wants to do with guys. He knows what he can expect out of guys. He'll have a full camp to do it the way he wants to do it. Um, you know, like you said, I think that the, you know, it's going to be hard to make a giant jump record wise, but if you can get to seven to 10 more wins this season, you're in a good position, but I think we're going to see a lot out of Willie green. I think the, the part of him being hesitant, maybe in making adjustments to the lineup or being hesitant and imposing his will. I think he's past that now. 
Yeah, and he knows who he is as a coach now. Um, I think a lot of times when we look at assessments for, you know, rookies, we always look at players. You know, how did this rookie play and what is he going to make a leap like in his second year? Well, you can do the same thing with coaches. I mean, coming and being a rookie coach last year, like you said, he didn't have a lot of time. He didn't know the full scope of all the players. He had, you know, two big mid-season acquisitions in CJ and Larry Nance. You know, he didn't have a chance to coach Zion. So all these ingredients coming together, I think he knows who he is. He knows what buttons he can push on the players. And I think that he knows what he can do to maximize the most out of these players. So I think I look for Willie to be even that much better um, as a coach moving forward, starting this year. Do you think that the Smoothie King Center can become a place where opposing teams don't want to play? Because, again, the numbers show that fans are showing up. The yeah. Pelicans have never been lower than 20th in attendance and have been yeah. as high as 13. So based yeah. on market size, people are there. Yeah. Team got to win. Yeah, and that, that's that's what's going to get the fans in the seats. That's going to get them screaming their butts off. You've seen the atmospheres. You saw how it was for the playing game. You saw how it was for the playoff games. You saw it down the stretch how it was for the Lakers game. Fans want a winner. They will circle around. They will um, support a winner. You got to just show the good product on the court. And and I think if if they, if they do that, butts are going to be in seats. Fans are going to be screaming, and they're going to have that raucous atmosphere that can have teams come in and say, "Wait, well, you know what? This is not going to be an easy game. This is not going to be an easy night. We're going to New Orleans tonight. They're going to be on their A game. The fans are going to be on their A game. We're going to have to bring it." So I think they can do that. But like you said, winning that culture of winning and consistency is going to dictate that moving forward. Um, let's also look at just um. Who do you think is the player that has the heaviest burden this year? And I don't think it's Zion Williamson because I think, you no, know, I don't even. Um, who do you think has the biggest burden? I think it's Jackson Hayes because, again, he is in the final mm. year of his deal. Yeah. He does not, it does not make sense right now for you to give him heavy minutes at any, either the four or the five because no. he, we, we, we know he can't play the five. And at the four, there are guys who are better than him available. Um, to play that those minutes um, it just seems like they, it, it you know it would have been best for everybody had they moved Jackson in the offseason but now mm-hmm. I don't know how he gets consistent how does he get the, the minutes to justify giving he, him he an extension you can't and you can't necessarily give him those minutes because I think it's to the detriment of your team and then what value does he have right now for a team that wants to come in and say hey we're going to give you something of value for him. I, I don't think that they have that. And I don't think the Pelicans can play around trying to give him that or prove that to another team by giving him minutes. Um, he's got a lot to prove, but most of Jackson's issues is, is mental. It, it's nothing physical. I think sometimes Jackson wants to be more of a star than a basketball player. He looks at himself as a number one guy or this, you know, this supreme you know, person kind of outside the court. Um, but you make your money on the court. So, I mean, you've got to show and prove. And to this point, you have not done that on a consistent enough basis. How are you affecting the, the game when you can't get those, you know, highlight lives or when you can't get those fast break dunks between uh, between your legs that you want to put on Instagram uh, stories after the game? You know, what are you doing on a night-to-night basis to dictate that you get minutes over Hernan Gomez or if they want to put Trey at the four or anybody else? And I just think right now, Jackson's mentally just not there to where he wants to say that, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I get three blocks tonight, or I'm going to make sure that I play sound pick and roll defense, or I'm going to make sure I can stay in front of this guard on the switch. He's just not at the point right there where he prioritizes that. And because of that, you just can't find or justify enough minutes for him to be put in on a nightly basis for the team. Because it seems to me, look, this team – you should be. They should be able to fall ass backwards into 110, 115 points a night. Yes, because yes. you've got three legitimate twenty point scores on your starting lineup. Jonas shows you he can score twenty. Herb can yeah. give you is going to give you twelve to fifteen every every night. So right there yes. in your starting lineup, we talk about ninety points right there. Ninety points yes. right there, just yes. backwards. So yes. I'm not worried about that. So the role players, to me, it's their job to be great defensively because your top mm-hmm. three guys not one of them is great defensively so yes. every other person on this roster needs to be committed to being great defensively because that's what's going to get you your offensive opportunities in transition rebounds blocking shots touch hands on you know get um, touches on the basketball steals and open floor all those things being great defensively if you want tra- shots in transition, it's going to come off of the defense. If you want to c- give Zion those opportunities to create, it's going to come off of the defense. 
So to me, if you're Jackson Hayes and you're not committed defensively, if you're Devontae Graham and you're not 100% committed defensively, there's yeah. no room for you because yeah. we should never be in a situation where we need scoring that badly considering yes. who we already have in our main rotation. Yes, and we have players. We have players off the bench. We have guys that can come in and do different things. So if I've got that, how can I justify giving you minutes on a nightly basis if you're not going to commit to that end of the floor? And if you don't do that, I can't put you in the game like that consistently. And I won't. And if I'm called Greek, I tell them that. If you can't commit to defense or you can't show anything besides shooting or anything besides, you know, trying to get the ball and dunking, then I can't, I can't play you because we've got other guys who can do other things that don't prioritize scoring, don't need the ball in their hands, and can affect the game in other different ways. So, no, I, I agree that it's going to be paramount for Jackson right now to, to say that, hey, I, I need to make a change. I need to commit myself on the defensive end. I need to commit myself to, you know, being better on rotations, you know, to talking, to, to speaking on pick and rolls, to do different things, to prove why I need playing time. Because if not, I'm not going to get it. And that's simple as that. He's got to come to grips with that right now. And he's got to decide to play the five. Because defensively, yeah. that's the only role he fits is as a yeah. five defensively. He has to be able to block shots. He has yeah. to be able to protect the paint. Because you saw it against Phoenix. Again, which, how, what, how big of an advantage was it for, for them to bring in JaVale McGee? And JaVale's getting mm -hmm. eight, from, eight for nine from the field. JaVale's getting yeah. put back dunks every time down on the floor. And, you know, it, the, and defensively, he was a problem too. JaVale was a problem yeah. protecting the basket. Yeah. He's a guy who knows his role. And he's a guy who you don't have to call one play for. And, and Javel, no, and he's been like that his, his most of his career. I don't have to call a play for you. I don't have to go out and uh, say, hey, no, this, this we're going to run this pin down right here. And you get, no, we don't have to do that for Jamel. Energy, defense, and knowing your role. And keeps you on the floor, be he, That keeps you on the floor. He should be, that should be somebody he perfectly models his game after. That, that, that should be what he aspires to be. At least but for at, right now. To this point, at least for right now. But to this point, he just has not committed to doing that. Because I, I just don't see... There's not a demand for his three-point shot, you know what I mean, on no, this roster. We don't need it. I don't need Jackson Hayes to shoot three threes a game. No, I don't want him in the corner standing there waiting for the ball to rotate his way to shoot a three. Well, no. why, why would that even be part of my offensive repertoire? Because I, I need, need him on the offensive glass. Yes. And if he's yes. standing beyond the three-point line, he's not there to finish on the offensive glass. And yes. Zion, is he gets his offensive boards off his shots. When Zion yes. gets off of the glass, 90% of those are his shots. So yes. somebody has to be there to clean up other folks' shots. Because, again, like you said in the beginning, Zion ha is not a 10-rebound-per-game guy right now. Right. And, and we have not seen him be able to, to, to show that consistently. He does not have a, a bunch of double-doubles to his credit. Jackson does not have a bunch of it to his credit. I mean, it, those things, I think that that's part of the reason, too, for Zion, why he's not, never had a 40-point game. You know, Zion's yeah. going right up to that line of 39. And I guess the minutes have been part of it. 30, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Never but I think it's that, that physicality, that one element of go right through it, man. Keep going through it. Yeah. Demand the ball. Go through it. I think that yeah. that one little piece, and I want to see that out of both those guys. If, you want, if you're if you a Jackson A stand, and that's fine. Everybody got their own favorite players. But then you should want to see some fire out of Jackson Hayes. There's, yeah. It's not yeah. the physical gifts. Like you said, it's not the yeah. physical gifts. Yeah. But the NBA is full of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's between the years. And I actually, I, now that you harped on that point, I, I'm, I'm thinking about what I want to see from Zion. So I want to see him demand the ball more. You know, I think toward the end of last season, you saw that out of B.I. B.I. was demanding the ball. Give me the ball and get off the way. I'm going to make something happen. Whether it's going to be my shot or me finding somebody open, I'm going to take the ball. The onus is going to be on me to set something up. I think I want to see Zion kind of have that same mindset, too, moving forward to just give me the ball. You know, we, a couple of years ago, we ran through the whole point Zion phase and everything like that. So he's comfortable handling the ball, bringing the ball up. Give me the ball. Let me make something happen. I'm going to demand the ball, and I'm going to put the onus on the defense to react to what I'm doing. I think I want to see some of that more design this year, too. Yeah, and to me, it's don't walk it up, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it, it has to be early when you do the point, Zion. Or if you're going to do it, it's him with reserves. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I don't think it's the, to the benefit of B.I. when they do point, Zion. Because that makes B.I. Yeah. stand. And B.I., yeah. we've seen, he does not do as well standing. I think point, Zion yeah. is great when you put the guys like Zion and C.J., point, Zion works for them. I think, you know yeah. what I mean? Zion and Trey, I think it work, would work really well for them. Um, yeah. But for B.I., I think it's that's one of the things that you do when, when B.I. is on the bench. But I want to see Zion get into that really quickly 
and attack early, like you said, early in the shot clock. If the defense doesn't adjust and he goes through him, he's, he's at the rim, he's got a layup. Yeah. If they yeah. do, you kick it out. If the open shot is there, you take it. If it's not, you have enough time left in the shot clock to reset that offense and get a good shot. But, yeah, I think early on I want to see more of that out of Zion, him attacking the basket early and running to the rim in transition, which yes. is so important for guys to close out possessions and allow Zion to run straight to the front of the basket because you're not going to get the zone pass anymore. Right. So now Correct. it has yes. to be Zion sprinting to the front of the rim, and it's going to be an entry pass rather than a yeah. three-quarters lob that Zalonzo yeah. would have thrown. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that, no doubt about it. And I, I'm kind of curious, and that might be a question that comes up immediately, kind of what guys have added to their game moving forward, you know, whether or not B.I. has maybe more of a traditional back-to-the-basket game, using his length to rise and turn over the top, and like you said, Zion running directly in transition toward the rim, sealing off and getting easy buckets. I'll be interested to see what guys have added to their repertoire during the offseason and what, they're, what they've been working on and what they want to incorporate more heading into the season, too. Because that adjustment offensively for Zion, the last time he was there and people say well look you had to play with Eric Bledsoe and all this stuff okay yeah but he was also very comfortable with Lonzo yes and yes. so that is gone now and I'm not you know this is not a, to be a Lonzo again and not it's not about it's just what was Zion comfortable with before and how do you replace that because that yes. was something that would give him six points a night you know not yes. necessarily easy. lob dunks but six right. easy points from, from yes, Lonzo yes. just knowing Zion like that so yeah. I want yeah. Zion to still get confident shots easy shots from quick entry passes so if Lonzo's not there to do that who's going to create those for Zion now I want to yeah. uh, you know what I mean yeah you don't, you don't have a true point guard on this team I mean right CJ's a guy who's he's a lead guard I mean he can dribble the ball he can get certain actions up very quickly but he's not that Chris Paul type of guy, I'm going to make sure that if you're hot, I'm going to set you up. If you're hot, I'm going to make sure that you're in the correct position. So, yeah, it's going to be different. And kind of thinking about that, you know, how do you think they're going to kind of start the season? you think they'll start the season off a little slower as everybody tries to get acclimated to each other a little bit? I think you got to do kind of like the Coach Carter thing. I want to see them be really aggressive defensively and try to get as many easy opportunities as possible offensively. Because yeah. I don't think they are going to be great in the half court early on because it's going right. to be a bunch of guys trying to figure out, you know, again, they haven't played with each other. So it's figuring exactly. out, is this B.I.'s possession? Is this Zion's possession? Is it C.J.? Are we running pick and roll? What are we doing here? Are we running ISO? So I think that's going to take some time. So if I'm them, I want to get out on the floor and run. Like I want to run a lot and I want to like, like Memphis did last year. Come yes. at people yes. in waves. Perfect team. Yeah. You know, yeah. send people at you at teams in waves create turnovers or like Charlotte when they, when Charlotte is playing well, you know, when Memphis and Charlotte are playing well, they are creating yeah, transition running. opportunities because defensively they are flexible. They switch, they're, you know, creating those turnovers. So I think that's where the Pelicans probably have to be, but that requires rebounding and it requires guys yes. being committed defensively. Yes. Yeah. And then hustling, get your butt up the court, beat your man down to the other side of the court. Don't jog, don't frolic. Don't just kind of mosey your way on, on up there. Yeah. You got to be off and running as soon as you secure that rebound, because that's stopping and stopping on the defense possession and starting offense possession get, to get on down the court. So, yeah, I think that's something they will have to incorporate early and, and soon uh, in the offense. I mean, you think about a group, let's say you, you put out on the floor, CJ is your lead guard and you just decide to go real long and versatile defensively. And you talk about Herb at the two, um, B.I. at the three, Trey at the four, Zion at the five. Or you go into Trey at the four and Larry at the five. You you know what I mean? And you just – the Pelicans have that ability to do that for short stints. I wouldn't do it for for an entire period. Not for long. No, no, And get killed, but I mean – they have that ability to kind of, you know, ramp it up and, and try to try to create that lineup of death type situation where you're able to put pressure. But the linchpin has to be Zion. Yes. The linchpin has yes. to be Zion because he's undersized, but he's super athletic. So he has to play bigger defensively. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. And he's got to commit to that. And, and he's got to commit to hustling, too. Um and, and, and I think he will. I think he has the right type of attitude when it comes to, you know, taking criticism or learning something new. I think attitude-wise, he's right there, but it's going to have to start and end with him, though. That That's as simple as that. You can lead him to water, but you can't make him drink. So I, I think once, you know, Willie can kind of get that in his mindset and kind of, you know, get the wheels kind of turning to do that, I, I think he's going to be able to turn that on. I mean, that's what we're all hoping for, at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited for this season. I know you're excited for the season. 
Um, it's just, again, I think it's about, let's be, you know, in our realistic wheelhouse, if everything goes right and things go bad for some teams at the top, sure, they, it, the Pelicans could, something could happen, I guess, that they could get higher. But I'm with you, I think, if 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 things go perfectly, sure they should they could they could get a five, but I think yeah. you're, you're you're right. Six is really the the a goal a reasonable goal this year somewhere in the neighborhood of forty three to forty five wins. That's yeah. what feels yeah. right um, for me with this team coming off a thirty six win season. I mean, like, like yeah. that's the thing people folks got to remember. It's still just thirty six wins last year. Yes, yes, no doubt. And fourteen so and fourteen down the stretch. They're so young. I mean, CJ's the old man. He just turned 31. I mean, he's the second oldest person on the team behind uh, Temple. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're so young. They finally experienced something, but they still haven't played together as whole. I mean, it's, it's going to take a little time, but you just still want to see that those strides. You still want to see that proper uptick toward the top. And I think they get that this year. But, I mean, I, I don't think this is one of those 60-win teams, number one seed, going to the NBA Finals, you know, championship or bus type of season. So, Stella fans, Temple expectations. I, I think they're going to be good. It may take some time. Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, but just be realistic about things. And, and that's what that's the approach that I'm having about the season. I'm going to be realistic. you got a lot of young guys. we got to see how these guys play this year. we got to see what type of minutes they have. How do they respond? You know, what happens when they have a little adversity during the middle of the season? You know, that that that's that's big for a young Do team. guys you know, fight over minutes? Do, Does that do become... guys fight over minutes? Because somebody's going. Oh, there's no, going to be a trade to be. this season. Yes, it has to be. It has to be. And and even moving forward, you know, a year, two years from now, the team that you see now is not going to be the team that you're going to see two, three years from now. So just, just understand what you have nucleus-wise, see who you can have supplementary to that, and then move the pieces that you need to make your team whole. And, and that's what it's going to be. Um, and, but like you said, I mean, there's too many guys. Somebody's going to be the odd man or two out, and, and you're going to have to make a trade. It's no doubt about it. I mean, I have my ideas on who it may be, but and you probably think the same way, but I don't think this team now is going to be the same exact team you see, you know, toward the end of the season. It's, it's just not going to be. It can't happen. No, I just I, I think that, like you said, the youth part is the biggest part. You can't raise all these kids. Yes. And you added yeah. Dyson Daniels to the mix, who you have Man, a lot of high hopes for. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. I love Dyson Daniels. And I, I think, you know, physically and skill set wise, he's exactly the type of player that you want. Um, but again, that means somebody who's already here has yeah. to go. Yeah. If he's going to yeah. become a top seven player, which is what you draft a lottery pick, the eighth player to draft, you expect it to be in the top seven of your rotation. Correct. Then that means somebody who's in that has to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or just be willing to ride the pine the whole season. But <laughs> but that's <laughs> the not, case, you, is it not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It, it has to be like that. I mean, you've got potentially 10, 11 guys that, that, that you can say can play. Okay. That's not sustainable for the yeah. entire year. Yeah, it's, it's not sustainable. It, it just doesn't happen. And as you get to the playoffs, seven, maybe eight max, um, you know, barn injury, anything like that. So who's going to be those other two or three guys that are odd men now? So, I mean, now is the time to show and prove why you deserve that time to be on the court and do all the little necessary things to get you playing time. That's the rebounding. That's the defense. That's the skills. That's the being smart in communication. Those type of things are going to get you the playing time. What guys are going to step up to ensure that they have that time on a nightly basis? Yeah, I think last year was about identity and figuring mm -hmm. out what the Pelicans were going to be. Now you're trying to narrow, you know, uh, trim, trim the fat. Trim yeah. the fat. And at the bottom of your bench are going to be guys that you hope can likely be either veterans or long-term mm -hmm. developmental people. Like, yeah. you don't need minutes. You can't right. have a bunch of first-rounders sitting on the no, back no, no. end of your bench. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, to yeah. me, it's like I'd rather have a veteran in there who's good with not playing for two weeks. But when yeah. I ask him to go out there, because, again, these are bottom third of my roster people. These are not my main contributors we're talking about. Yeah, But when I ask him, I say, I need seven minutes from you. Don't turn the basketball over, play solid defense. I know I'm getting that, and I don't have to worry yeah. about that. And, yeah. and I don't have to worry about saying, is he getting enough minutes? Is he not getting enough minutes? He ain't asked for minutes. He's getting his check. 
And he's happy to be on the bench. And he's happy with that. Yeah, he's happy with that. And and I wish that guy who could who could do that would be a big too, because I, I just think that coming off the bench, we're going to have some issues. Uh, you know, when when JV goes to sit down, who's going to replace him in the game? Who's going to be able to contribute? Be that strong rebounder, be their presence in the middle, and contribute right there. And I don't think we necessarily have that guy. It might be like a you know person by committee right now. Some days it may be Larry throwing there. Trey will see some time in the front court. Might put Zion in the five on certain quote unquote death lineups. Um, but I mean, a guy like a Dwight Howard would be somebody I think would be perfect for like a role like that to come in. Doesn't need him to play 25, 30 minutes a game. He can play 10, 12 minutes a game, but just come in there and be that enforcer like that. Um, so that's why it's important to have veteran guys on your team like that who knows their role, knows that, hey, I might get four straight DMPs, but you know what? Got a game we're playing in B, we're playing Philly, or I'm playing Jokic in Denver. I'm going to need you to give me 12, 15 minutes a night. And guys like that are important. Um, so, I mean, I, I wish that, you know, the Pelicans had somebody like that. But they, they, they don't for right now. Kind of looking at Gary Temple to give up that spot. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, it's a story. You, you ain't giving up that six – what, Gary getting six million? <laughs> six million, Gary. Gary ain't giving up that six million. <laughs> Coach don't pay that much. <laughs> no. no. Uh, he's taking that check. I'm taking that check, boy. I'm taking that check. on Sunday, man. I don't you ain't going to convince him. But, no, 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 no. That that just ran through my mind. Somebody he serves like no that, role, and that's the thing is he literally <sighs> serves no role. You can't tell right. me because his. It, 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 I, I'm not hearing the locker room value part of it. I'm not hearing that. You can only do right. that on a winning team. Yes. The Pelicans don't yes. have that luxury at third as a 36 yes. win team to no, carry a dude around it. for just the vibes. No, correct, correct. And he's not an Andre Godala who's won so many other places. When they try to bring him down to Miami the first time and say, "Hey, be that." That that culture championship representative, he doesn't have that either. So at that point, what real value do you have, except for just you know, rah rah go team go? And and they don't, I don't need know. It. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not know. like he's a Pelicans guy. It's not like he's yeah. Udonis Haslam. It's not like he's right. been, he's been there for fifteen years and you you know everything there's. He just got there too. He just got there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is there's nothing else to bring to the table, bro. You just here. I mean, good for you. Get your. I ain't yeah. never gonna take money out of a man's pocket, but uh, never, 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 never. Be take your six million. I understand, but <laughs> I understand completely. But I, right say I wouldn't do the same thing if I was him either. So no, if you offer me yeah. that money, I'm gonna take it. Pay, pay them till they ain't willing to. You know what I'm saying? You can there pay me till they they're willing to stop. They they don't. There we do. go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, you know, we're going to see tomorrow. Um, with, we'll see. I mean, with Media Day, we'll see what, what David Griffin has to say. Uh, you know, I don't know what the over under on the usage of the word family is going to be. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying family and Zion in the best shape of his career is going to be about the two probably most overused phrases and words of Media Day. Oh, I'm calling you right now. <laughs> how many times are we going to hear? Yeah. Every picture of Zion from Media Day. I don't know what he's going to wear. Right. <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna wear if he just comes yeah. out in the jersey. If they, if that's what it is, which you probably should. Yeah, he come out. He's gonna probably, come out yeah, in jersey, jersey yeah. in the shorts. Yeah. Man, he that is gonna be. They gonna zapruder that stuff. It's gonna be the most yes. zoomed in. It's gonna be the thing on Sports <laughs> Center. How does Zion oh, no look on it. day one? How, it, you know, they're gonna ask him his weight. They're gonna ask him yep. his body fat. They're gonna ask him how his yep. foot feels. Certainly, over and over again. They're gonna ask him yep. about communication. Of course, of, with last year, we're gonna have to hear all yep. those questions because nobody's ever gotten to ask sign any of these questions. We went a whole year exactly. without being able to talk to him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That best shape of Zion's career. That's that's what we're gonna hear all day, immediate day. So, is it that hard to beat up? The- that's a low bar. <laughs> you, that, true enough. True enough. He's true been enough. in one yeah. more season opener than you and I. True. <laughs> That's a fact. That 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 is a fact. That is a fact. And so hopefully come later on this month, he's been another one too. So that's <laughs> that's the hope that's the hope and plan when it comes to that. Yeah, keeping the fingers crossed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just give me seven, give me 70 games, bro. Give me 70 yeah, sign yeah. games. Yeah. Give me 70 BI games because BI's missed a few games last couple of years. Yeah. Give me 70. Yeah. And, and, with that core, and, and give I'm, me 70 games so I can fully assess where this team is. Yes. Yes. And that's what I need. And I need those 70 managed games, however they want to do it, no back to back. So if, you know, BI takes one night off, Zion may take the next off. I'm, I'm fine with that. Give me 70 manufactured games that, you know, we're saying that, hey, we're going to use these guys in that position and I'll be fine. 
I'll be fine because then we can really see what we have. We can see how they play together. We can see the chemistry on the court and we can see what this team may look like in the future. That's the real assessment right there. This this year is for just what you said, that uptick moving on up, no experimental time. This is what we're really going to see what we have as a team and as an organization moving forward. Time to win. It's time to win. Time There's to win. no more excuses. Winning time. It's time to win. Yep. Time to make yourself time. a legitimate contender and that starts yeah. it, it and like it steps it's you don't go from from a to z we didn't see right. with the warriors we didn't see with the bucks how many times did the, right. the raptors have to lose to lebron to finally get yeah. over their hump how many times does lebron yeah. have to lose to get over the hump it doesn't yeah. happen overnight and it's not gonna happen over, yeah. we still the six are still waiting to get to the conference finals that, that is a fact you know what I'm that, so, that is a fact it doesn't yeah. happen overnight and, and i think that yeah. that's what yeah. we don't want pelicans fans to get ahead of themselves Expect great things, mm-hmm. but to think this is a championship team, I think it's just a little, no, bit, no, a little no, premature. You gotta be, yeah, you got to be realistic. This, this team is too young for that right now. They have too many bad habits, especially defensively, to say they can be up in that upper echelon team. They're nowhere close to that, but start you got to start somewhere. This is the foundation being laid to be able to get there, to be able to be a consistent team like the Warriors that you see every year, to be able to be up there, you know, with, with, with teams like that to say, you know annually year in year out this team has a chance that's what we all are garnering for that's what we all want as pelicans fans and media we want to see hey you know this team has a chance that starts right now and and one of those two guys zion or bi has to turn into a legitimate type mvp player if you want to win the championship you have to have a legitimate mvp contender and it's got to be the zion Zion, who who else is it who other candidates so so just a question who do you think is closer right now I would say B.I. is closer. I'll say B.I. too, yeah. I'll say that too. I think B.I. is closer to first-team All-NBA than, than Zion is right now because of the defensive yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and position-wise, too. has a lot of front-court guys that, yeah, that it's going to be tough for Zion to get looks over. I mean, just think about just in the West alone. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's a lot of tough looks for him right now. And like you, you said, Carl Anthony Towns, of, you got Giannis, yes. you got, I mean, like, you go Anthony around Davis still, Anthony I mean, Davis, Anthony yeah. Davis, yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Like, you yeah. know, Ka- Kawhi might be listed at a four, as the four this year yeah. in, in L.A. It's the yeah, four is yeah, stacked, yeah. and Zion yeah. doesn't have a defensive reputation. And, he, right. you know, we don't know how many games he's going to play yet. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think B.I., at the very least, B.I. served notice to folks in that postseason series. Like, he wants that. Oh, yeah. That and that's mean. the first yeah, thing yeah. is you catch people's eye about, yeah, he wants that title. He wants, yeah. he wants to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has that in him, and and he's he's already just on a short sample size shown improved that, and you don't expect him to get better. I mean, he, he looks like he's the type of guy who works on his craft, and on a day to day, he wants to get better, and and I see that. That's why there's a at least a look for commitment to try to play defense. I mean, and that's big. That that could be the first step. Let me have that want. Next, let me hone in my skills and see what I'm doing wrong to try to get to that level right there. But the want has to be there first. And he's shown that he at least has the want there. So, yeah, he's, he's probably definitely closer because of both sides, both aspects, offensively and defensively. And I think his offensive game, he's at that point, too, with his offensive game we saw last year where now he knows the six or seven spots on the floor where he wants to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And he, didn't, he didn't waste his dribble nearly as much last year. Yeah. You know, I had that big problem with B.I. of, like, Get into it with like combo, 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 combo. And then it's like you've wasted the clock and you pull it up for a tough jumper. He stopped settling for those threes, you know, at the top yeah. of the top of the key. It's particularly in the fourth quarter. Remember, he was a bad fourth quarter player yeah. for two years. Yeah. And last yeah. year he wasn't that because I think yeah. he took better shots. And he started using that mid-post, like you were talking about earlier, yeah. too. He started using that six-nine and that the ability to turn around and just get up over folks. He started using that a lot more, and I hope they continue to put him in that mid post because he can pass from there, he can shoot from there, and yeah. he can get to the line from there. Yeah, and he wants to get people to business too. That's what I like about it. He wants to just show and prove. You put Mikael Bridges in front of me, I don't care what all defensive team you want. I'm about to give you buckets, and I I just like that attitude and just the determination to be great that Bi has. Um, and I I think he's going to start committing to more on the defensive end too to be that well all around player. So I mean, I, I see greatness in his future coming up this season. Especially you know, the last thing I'm gonna say on Bi is like you know let's remember the first year he comes in. He had the surgery on the blood clot, so he yeah. didn't lift a basketball, much let alone a weight, coming into yeah. year one, and he's an all-star. Year yeah. two, he comes in, 
Zion didn't really play with him year one. B.I. was asked to do everything offensively year one. So year two, now he's got to accommodate Zion and a coach that he really didn't see eye to eye with and, and yeah. stand. Stand and stand. Mm-hmm. And, and, and things fell off and, and, and you saw him be frustrated. Well, now he's coming back healthy, you know, especially in his legs, which the last two years, I'm, uh, you know, you've been worried about it, kind of his, his fatigue level. I think he's going to come in refreshed from his, with his legs this year. I think he's going to, his endurance is going to be better. And I think he came in stronger last year too. I, I mean, you know, now I think this is really the first off season for BI. He knows his role. Mm-hmm. He feels like this is his team. He earned that. Mm-hmm. And he earned yeah, and it he in has. the best way possible. Yes. Not by default. He seized yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. On the court, he showed improved. And so I think that for him, yeah, this should be the best of BI. We should get all of the things that we've gotten a little bit of in each of the first three years with him, this should be the year where all those things come together because career-wise, ascendancy, this is when superstars take off. If you're going to become one, this is year seven now, right? This is year seven. This is about that time. Yeah, It's time. Yeah, Yeah. It's time. Yeah, yeah. Zion's in year two, essentially. Correct, yes, because of the year off and the other time he's missed. And and if you've seen around, as you say, year seven, that's when the criticism usually starts to show about players to see whether or not they're going to kind of ascend to the next level. You had that with LeBron. You had that with Kevin Durant. You had that with a bunch of great guys, usually around this time. Carmelo was dealing with it in year seven. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get that magnifying glass. KG. magnifying glass. Yes, yes. Remember yes, that KG yes, couldn't get out the first round. Remember it was first round. Yep. 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 And Came Anthony Davis is getting it at this stage now. You yeah. know, so yeah. it's time for BI. It's time for him to decide. Do you want to be, you know, Zach Levine right. and have a nice career, but you haven't right. led your team to anything? Right. Or do you want to really be the star? And and I think star. that's the test, yeah. the test for BI. Yeah. And I think he wants yeah. it. Yeah, I do too. Do you want to be that Giannis type guy where you are taking the onus to say, you know what, I am determined. I'm going to get where I want to on the court. No one's going to stop me. Hell of high water. I'm I'm going to make it happen. And I, I think he I think he has that in him though. I do. He's got that disdain. Yeah, that's what does. I love. He he looks at people now, just like like you said, this dude is guarding me. <laughs> this this is what you got. It's embarrassing. I love it. I love that yeah. bi. That's the one we you were waiting for. Swing it this way. I got it. <laughs> yep. Please, please yeah. bring it back this yeah. side. And we didn't, and I, you know, and I think we saw out of CJ is like, I think, you know, having Zion come back and certainly BI taking on more and her taking on more. We saw CJ struggling in the playoffs because he's not yeah, he that did. point guard. He's not Correct. the point guard. So he's got to get that playmaking from other people. And this is why you're demanding. Like, I think Kyra, and I'll say this if, if, if Kyra's going to be a value, he has to do everything Jose does, but better. Yeah. Because Kyra's the first rounder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's got to do everything that Jose brings to the table. He's got to be an on-ball defender. He's got to create turnovers. He's got to yeah. get to the rim. And he's got to uh, occasionally knock down that open three. But he's got to do all that better than Jose. And that's that's Kyra's test. Yeah. Yeah, it is because you can't just say that, hey, he's the speedster. He's a fast guy. He can just run down the court as fast. What value does that bring me on the court? I mean, this I'm not playing football. I trust I'm not Jose. on a 40-yard dash. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do too. And I trust that in key moments, he can make a play or make something happen. I just don't know if I have that from Kyra right now because part of it, he's been, he's been injured, and we just hadn't seen him when he has been on the court. So, so that's yeah, his test. This is your three that, for Kyra. Test. Yeah. Yeah. This is year we three have, for Kyra. Like, we forget how much how fast time goes by now. This is year three for Kyra. They got to make a decision on him next year. Next year. Yep. Next year is his decision. Yep. Yep. So where are what Kyra's minutes? That's a big question yeah. for the season. Where are Kyra's minutes? Because if CJ's playing lead most of the time, uh-huh. if CJ's getting 32 minutes, that's 16 minutes at the point left. Yeah. How many? Jose's getting 10. Jose's getting 10 easily. Easy. Yeah, I think I think eventually a guy like Dyson may be molded into that role to be like a a big guard, you know, setup type of guy too. So I mean, if that may be the plan for him in the future, I mean, they may do with Kyra? some of those minutes. It's well, what do you do with Kyra then? Yeah, because now Kyra's down there on, at, at number fourteen in your rotation. Yeah, because Garrett's fifteen. You you know that <laughs> Garrett's fifteen. Regardless, right? Right. No matter who comes and goes, he's fifteen. That's that's don't <laughs> don't break glass unless case of emergency. 
know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a lot of yeah, people yeah. got to be sick. Right, yeah. for him to... <laughs> I'm asking Spoon to suit up. You know what I mean? Like, Spoon's come Spoon on. got something now. You know Spoon, what I'm saying? Spoon, Spoon and Swin. We put both of them in there. I'm telling you. I, I'm they, telling you. They can hold, they can hold I, that backcourt down. I'm telling you. I don't have a problem putting finish in there. Let her, <laughs> uh, let her take it. Yeah. Ain't no doubt about it. Yeah. Kyle's, Kyle's going to have to show and prove, man. But, I, I mean, like, like we talked about, the roster that you see now is not going to be the roster you see at the end of the year. It's not going to be the roster you see next year. Guys are going to come and go. I mean, as a fan, you got to cheer from the name on the front and not on the back because what you see now is not what you're going to see later. You don't have that loyalty because, in fact, players won't have that loyalty either. They'll go chase the big payday and chase other opportunities as well. So you can't really job. be caught up in that sometimes. It's a job. It is. No, no, no different than the guy at Google who might want to go work at Apple. I mean, he's going to make a decision that's best for him and his family. I mean, hey, it just it comes down to that sometimes. So don't have the blind loyalty toward that. Yep, let's just keep and it moving. That's how I look at that. Let's yeah, just keep no moving. doubt about it. Brother, <laughs> thank you moving. so much for the time. We got to do this again. as, Of course, through the, as the season goes on, we probably do some regular sure. updates. Um, because we're going to be writing a lot of stuff for, uh, for yes. Pelican Scoop. So tell the folks how they can keep up with yours besides just be, um, following us at Pelican Scoop on Twitter and, and checking out the site. Where else can they make sure they keep up with you on social media? Yeah, most definitely. I am an avid on Twitter more than anything else. So at TK underscore Nola, N-O-L-A, um, is where you can find me there. Um, I'm old school, so I do a little Facebook too, just Terry Kimmel. But uh, Twitter is where you can find me. Follow me, follow David, follow Chris Dotson, follow Kyle T. Mosley, follow the whole gang at Pelican Scoop. And looking forward to an exciting season, my man. Yes, sir. Like I said, we're going to do this on the regular. Thank you so much. I'm glad to have you, man. I'm glad to have you for the first time. Won't be the last time. Um, Appreciate it, my friend. For TK, I'm David Grubb. Y'all know how to get at me at DM Grubb, Instagram, Twitter. And you can get hard to pay wherever you download your podcast. Rate, subscribe, like it, share it. Do what you got to do. Um, but until the next time, this has been Hard to Paint. Y'all be good. Hard to paint.